Hello and welcome to our show. My name is João Fernandes, founder and CEO of Doc Digitizer, and I will be your host for today's episode of Automation Notes. Brought to you by Doc Digitizer, the Automation Notes podcast is a collection of new and inspiring insights about intelligent automation, where we will share and discuss with our guests the most recent trends, success stories, and promising projects in intelligent automation. Today, we have an amazing guest, Ricardo Alcadão. Uh, an automation center manager at Vorten. And I know that Ricardo just uh, just very recently moved to this role. So uh, I thank you for, for taking the time because uh, I would say that the first, the first month or two months on a new role, it's always overwhelming. So thank you very much for being on the show. Hello, João, and, uh, and everyone who's, who is listening to, to this podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to be, to be here. Um, my name is Ricardo Alcaidão. As you mentioned, I'm 32 years old. My background is uh, is uh, from informatics, basically uh, computer engineering, and I'm currently doing a post uh, specialization in enterprise data science and analytics at Nova EMS. Um, I have a lot of experience in the process automation or intelligent automation field. I started working uh, with this type of technologies in 2017, and I have a deep interest and ex experience in, in this landscape. As part of digital um, initiatives, I've been fortunate to, to lead amazing uh, teams to digitalize, simplify, and improve the way organizations work establishing and growing reliable automation programs. So I'm very happy to start this, this talk and uh, discuss some lessons learned and best practice with everyone. Awesome, awesome. Uh, really uh, amazing, amazing um, background. Uh, and I must say that you are also pretty much active on, on LinkedIn. So uh, if if our audience wants to get some insights and 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 follow uh, some of the trends in intelligent automation, just follow Ricardo. Uh, he's, uh, he's very active on LinkedIn and always sharing some amazing insights and, and refreshing content. Uh, I know that uh, you recently joined Vorton. Um, so for, for people that don't don't know Vorton, can you uh, share a little bit about what, what is Vorten and now is intelligent automation seen by Vorten uh, and what do you think will be your, your main challenge in this new role as automation manager? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, basically, Vorten is an electronical uh, retail company. We are leaders in Portugal. We also have uh, a presence in, in Spain and other countries. Um, basically, I, I joined Vorten uh, in April, uh, and automation is, uh, is sponsored by the Executive Commission, and is a strategic uh, um, is a strategic move for Vorten to maximize the organization efficiency and free its employees for uh, from the robotic work, manual and heavy process. And we are setting our automation center, like I said in the beginning, to simplify, automate, and improve our business process and customer and employee experience. Vorten understood the full potential of automation to create new and better ways of working and give time back to business so they can focus on the future 
and not the daily and and monotonous tasks uh, like uh, generating new revenue streams, innovation, and more important, the continuous improvement of business. At the same time, automation is seen as a driver to accelerate the digital uh, digital journey and create new opportunities through reskilling initiatives. Everybody who works with automation um, know that we have a lot of challenge. Uh, at Wharton, we are setting um, our automation center um, by aligning early with our IT teams uh, because we want to do things by the book and we are just starting and we have a lot of ambition goals to to go after. Awesome. Uh, uh, you mentioned give time back to business. I think that that is one one very nice way of, of putting things. Uh, and when when we talk about automation efficiency, also uh, getting uh, getting people to do uh, mean, meaningful tasks. But at the same time, it's 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 really that it's give time back to business and to focus on your core business and not on on these tedious tasks. Uh, I know that you have a lot of previous experience in 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 automation center of excellences, uh, which is. Uh, a pretty uh, new concept, I would say. Uh, it comes with the maturity of, of the space itself. So can you share with our audience what is an automation uh, center of excellence and why is it relevant? Yes, that's a great question. Um, and firstly, I prefer the term automation center and not uh, automation COE or RPA COE because the COE term is often mis understood by business teams and can also uh, help in creating a distance that we should avoid. Um, basically, an automation center is the glue between people, process, and the, the technology in this order. Um, this type of team should be uh, agnostic to, to, to technology, but must have uh, deeper technological knowledge to be able to integrate several different tools and define and monitor best practice. An automation center is a centralized structure within the organization that provides high quality automation service to meet the enterprise's strategic objectives, develop and maintains a catalog of reusable components, startups, standards, best practice, and lessons learned that will enable business teams to be successful and engage with automation. This team, um, like we, we have been discussing, um, their focus is on improving the quality of business process, standardizing executions and procedures, and explore new tools and adopt new, new methodologies to improve daily operations. I think it's important to, to say that these type of teams should not uh, just automate for the sake of automate. Uh, just because we can automate uh, a business process or a task, it does not mean we should. So most of the time we have opportunities to also improve our process and that should be addressed before starting to develop solutions. And this, this is an um, important uh, mindset sh uh, sh shift because without it uh, you will all always um, 
just automate uh, things as is and not take the chance to actually improve things. Exactly. And the, and the automation, I would say that it's, it's an opportunity to uh, not to speed up things as they are, but also to transform business, to transform the process itself. And, and, and uh, um, it's always a balance because uh, if you want some quick wins, uh, then you deploy deploy automation over uh, the as is, and, and and it will work a little bit. It will improve, of course, the status quo. But but if you want to really uh, mature on automation and 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 have automation as an enabler for your business, you should always rethink the processes, rethink the business, rethink the stakeholders, rethink the way you are doing things before you automate. I fully, fully agree with you. And I, I would say that uh, probably that what is one of the reasons why uh, on a long term, most automation uh, uh, strategies or, or projects failed. And I, I, we had a guest uh, very recently on our, on our, on our show that, that stated that 80% on average, 80% of the RPA projects don't move beyond pilots. Um, so why do you think that this happens and what advice can you give to organizations that uh, aim at investing in intelligent automation uh, but uh, fail on moving forward to, uh, to, from tactical to strategic? Yes, that's another great question. Um, I would say that there are several studies that show that scaling an RPA initiative is way more difficult and costly than many expect. Uh, unfortunately, few RPA projects advance beyond the pilot stage and the majority of organizations implementing RPA have fewer than 10 bots in, in live, live environments. So something is clearly wrong. Um, and I will also add that while automation adoption is inevitable, automation success is not. So. <laughs> One key aspect for me is that people um, managing RPA like a tech project um, is not uh, the best approach to, to achieve great results and scale this type of programs. RPA and automation, uh, they are about business, business and not the, the technology part. On, on another hand, we need leaders with tech skills to grow these initiatives and move beyond RPA. RPA is not a silver a silver bullet and has some some limitations. And because of that, it, um, it should be um, used within a technological ecosystem. With this approach, RPA becomes a far more intelligent tool. Additionally, I think organizations should not buy nor sell the everybody can be an RPA developer message. Uh, although, although I agree with everybody can build an RPA solution, building a robust and scalable R RPA process, it's not for everyone and it's far from easy. If you don't develop by the book with proper exception handling, work use, so you can have uh, several uh, machines running the same process with a modular approach so you can um, you can use um, blocks that you are already developed for another process you will, you will end up 
as a robotic operation center that only does support and maintenance and no uh, development. These type of issues are often caused by poor developments and non-complete functional analysis. And I have some bad news. They will continue to grow until you realize you are wasting more time fixing bugs and errors that developing solutions. The RPA teams should standardize all their developments with a unique template. Basically, every developer should develop the same way. For example, if you are using UiPath, I would say that UiPath key framework is mandatory in all new developments. Um, furthermore, the RPA project does not end with the go live. After that moment, you have one more process to maintain and monitor, and you should adopt a proactive and continuous improvement approach to facilitate the support of these type of solutions and even improve your daily operations. Um, just to, to finish this great, great question, it's not normal to have automated solutions throwing errors on a daily or weekly basis. And if that is happening frequently, then I would say that you have a red flag that you should address quickly. It is even more worrying when the process throws an error and no one can figure it out what was the, the error and how to fix it even the developer who made the solution. So this means serial, seriously problems in your developments. I can share some tips. Um, don't assume. If you don't know or you are not sure, ask and clarify with the business. Standardize all of your developments. The vast majority of automation are being poorly built. So uh, it's also very important that your developers clearly understand the process they are about to automate. You can, for example, ask them to execute the process manually one or two times just to guarantee that they um, understood what they should do. And finally, um, the to be model should be done by developers. Uh, I've seen some business analysts uh, doing all the PDD documents, uh, even the solution, but or your business analysts have a deep RPA development experience, or they should not do uh, does the, um, the solution design, and maybe you should ask the developers to do it. Exactly, exactly. And 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 RPA, and we, we covered this on the last episodes, it's like this bridge technology, uh, because it is a technology, uh, but at some, uh, at some time, it is something that lives on the process, lives on the business, which which uh, raises a lot of challenges because uh, um, uh, you think about technology, you think about IT, uh, and the, and the people from IT are very good in setting up and deploying technology. But but if the technology is very linked to the business, to the process, then it starts to be very challenging for the IT because they are not used to. Uh, live on the process, understand the processes. Uh, or, or at the same time, if you go, if you move to citizen development development programs, and I, we will cover this on on also on this episode, uh, those guys there are, are are very into the process, but but less into the technology, which also raises a lot of uh, challenges regarding uh, on, uh, regarding to building legacy and 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 bugs and and not reusing and not thinking about the architecture. So. Uh, 
intelligent automation is in the middle. Uh, and uh, that is why uh, sometimes uh, pro projects fails because of the lack of communication and, and share knowledge uh, yeah. between project, uh, projects, processes, business, and, and technology. So uh, uh, RPA and humans, uh, so they are now forced to collaborate in a way, uh, sometimes uh, in, in a more meaningful way, sometimes they, they, don't, they don't collaborate at all. But, but that is the, the main goal, is to have robots and, and humans collaborating. Um, but, but most people think automation is replacing humans. So how do you see this space for collaboration between robots and humans? Is, is there a space? Yes, there are a lot of space. And like you, you said uh, in the previous uh, topic, RPA is business-driven, but is IT governance. So um, when we are talking about robots and, and humans, we, we need to, that, to have this clear uh, in our daily uh, basis. Um, regarding this type of uh, workforce or hybrid workforce where uh, robots and humans are working together, um, one of the greatest benefits of automation and RPA is, cl is, is clearly this, uh, the, the capacity to build and grow uh, an hybrid workforce where humans and robots are uh, working side by side to improve efficiency and um, business uh, days. So everybody's dreams is to, to have their people focus on the intelligent work, which involves uh, innovation, uh, the creativity, and all of these type of tasks. And your robots or the digital workforce uh, deals with all the, the robotic work. And it's great when you see robots sending work back to humans so they can validate exceptions and humans sending work to RPA bots to execution in a structured and governed way. Um, more and more, I realize that people are not only wanting to, to perform a task or a project, but they want to be part of something. For this reason, it's very important and necessary to, to create a context of value where people want to be and feel as part of. People no more can be considered as just a piece in the process. We must remember that we are building robots. We are not robots. So uh, we need to take this with careful, uh, this type of um, projects. We need to, to, to communicate early and clearly uh, because in the end of the day, we are not here to dismiss people. We are here to augment them. And this is uh, an important message that if you can achieve it and uh, guarantee that is being clearly explained, you will have all business teams in your side wanting uh, automation and help you scaling. Yeah, and this this idea of uh, of augmenting humans is very powerful, uh, and and we 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 must say that there are tasks where uh, software is much better at doing that that the human and the other way around so why not have both uh, why not have this kind of uh, human augmentation where the virtual workforce balance between humans and robots uh, both doing what they do best uh, in fact uh, at at dark digitizer we we are i think we are doing something very interesting on on that on that aspect because we are we are having software 
uh, orchestrating humans, which is like uh, the other way around, uh, because the orchestration in, in, in very specific tasks is much uh, much more efficient if it's, if it is done by by a, by a software, and, and I'm, I'm a robot or software will be the same thing. Than than having humans doing this, so so it's it's like a, a new world where we can can have a, a very different approaches to this, and 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 at the end of the day, what we want is is exactly that. And our our mission at at Talk Digital is exactly unburden people from robotic work. So that should be a motto for for every single organization because now they have the tools to do it. Um, I know that you are passionate, and we, we touched this this. On, on the previous uh, questions, you, I know that you are passionate about cities and development programs. Uh, you mentioned that you are also a, a, a septic in a, in a in a in a in a way. Um, but but are are these programs uh, an enabler for reskilling the workforce? So how do you see this fitting this robot and human uh, interaction and and also in terms of governance? How do you see this happening on our organizations? Definitely. Uh, RPA and low-code tools are, are allowing us to, to reskill our human workforce. I can give you some examples of um, some things that we implemented because, as we all know, there is a gigantic uh, lack of uh, specialized resources in the market. So we need to be... Um, we need to to have some some creativity to find resources and train them and help them become uh, good RPA developers. So, uh, due to this like uh, lack of uh, resources uh, in NOS, we ended up um, going to operations areas, uh, call center, back office. We interviewed a lot of people that were interested in becoming an RPA developer. And uh, all of our seven developers, they they came from, from business. So we, we kind of uh, integrate uh, the knowledge and the process knowledge, the knowledge about the organization they had, and we complement it with tech skills in RPA development. And I, and I can share with you, that we had uh, amazing results. Uh, and uh, those people that never developed anything, they became uh, some great developers uh, delivering solutions very, very complex, like uh, some process with credits, uh, process with uh, documentation. Uh, and we are talking about robust solutions, solutions that were dealing with 5,000 cases per month, uh, solutions that were being uh, executed in seven, eight, ten machines at the same time. So uh, it's possible, uh, guys, it's possible. And I highly recommend you to um, take uh, advantage of automation to also uh, reskill your people and give them opportunities to have a new career path. And uh, most importantly, they can grow and uh, um, and expect to to improve their uh, daily daily um, th their days and their daily tasks. So it's great, and they have all 
that you need to to deliver this type of projects with uh, all the success you need. Amazing, and and it's uh, uh, also an opportunity for, for to to have evangelists on the organization that that also know how to speak with the the operational areas, which is sometimes difficult for for the IT people to talk with with business people. So you have the 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 best of of the both, uh, and and I would say that it's it's really amazing, and it it's, it should be. A path to go on 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 enterprises that are uh, reaching maturity that are struggling to find resources to grow this initiative. So why not go to the to the teams that they have and and reskill those those people and and make them uh, a part of of the solution. Yes. Um, just as to, the, just yeah, to yeah, just to to complement what you you said because it was perfect. I would say uh, better. But in the end of the day, uh, you just need to find this type of uh, this type of people that are very curious. They like uh, the technology being part. They explore. They they are proactive. This type of profile, if they already uh, did something in Microsoft Power BI or VBA macros, uh, the transition is very smoothly. So. I would highly, highly recommend this type of reskilling initiatives. But we are not all, only talking about <laughs> RPA developments. We are talking about business analysts. We are talking about uh, bot, bot, bot controllers, um, people who who are watching the bots. So uh, we are creating a lot of new jobs, um, and I. I I, I even remember in 2018, there were a massive fear of automation and RPA. They are going to take our jobs. But the truth is, from what I, I am seeing, we are even creating more jobs that uh, displacing. So uh, this fear uh, is not uh, concrete and we should address it with a clear uh, message to everyone. <laughs> so, so now we have... Uh... Uh, uh, people developing robots. We have robots and, and humans interacting and collaborating, uh, and we have we are increasing the number of robots and also uh, distributing the power to create new robots. Um, so this must uh, and, and also uh, one thing that is very important: we have uh, robots that are 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 created, and there are robots that are dying. Uh, so who is watching all of this? We who is watching these robots? Yeah, uh, I think this is a, a challenging topic, and this is one of the reasons for RPA program and automation teams uh, not scaling as they want or having problems in uh, developing new solutions. So, when we are talking with uh, when we are talking about automation, we need to be uh, clearly in our heads that this is not just about developing and delivering an automation solution. Uh, after you you complete the development, uh, you need to ensure support and service operations, and this is essential um, so you can um, grow and continue to improve your um, your program. So there is no value if you deliver an automation solution that is frequently throwing errors uh, with no feedback to business nor support from a dedicated team. 
Um, at NOS, for example, we had uh, a dedicated team to monitor all the automations. Um, and we even had the, the 24-7 uh, support because this team were working um, in supporting not just RPA, but uh, every application in the ecosystem. And we were fortunate to be, to be included. But uh, typically, uh, most organizations do not have uh, this type of dedicated team, so they need to find a solution. And this is not, this is not easy. Uh, typically, um, in smaller teams, you have only one team, which is developing solutions, uh, doing some maintenance, and even executing and monitor bots. This is not scalable. Uh, you will uh, end up with problems sooner or later, and you clearly need to segregate these functions. Uh, so basically, you need at least a person to support and uh, monitors and act, act as a first level uh, support for all the automations and all your solutions. Uh, you will have some problems if an application changes and your bot is using it, uh, it will throw an error, but you need to have best practice in place so you can uh, quickly know what happened and uh, why. And, and fix it, yeah. Yeah, and this is um, pretty in line with uh, how you develop your solutions. If you don't have this type of uh, um, this type of things uh, in your mind, and your developers are not uh, planning this type of events, you will have uh, many many difficulties to have uh, an efficient efficient uh, SLA and a response to business teams. And they will lose faith and confidence in automation and they won't be back. So this is very, very important because when you automate something, business is expecting 90% uh, of success rate or even, um, or even more. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You really need to be careful with your developments and most important, the support that you will provide after finishing the development of your process. Yeah. It, it doesn't end with the deployment. It starts with the no. deployment, which yeah. is also a, a, a fantastic way of, of seeing things. So we are about to close our episode, but but before closing, uh, I always like to ask the, the guests to share some uh, book, podcast, or person to follow uh, so our audience can know more about intelligent automation. So wh what are your uh, suggestions on, on this? Um, yes, uh, I would say that we are we are seeing a, a transition from, from RPA COEs to, to automation center or automation COEs. This is already happening. And the organizations uh, who most most prepared, they are already integrated RPA with with um, intelligent document processing, chatbots, uh, AI, and, and process mining, etc. And I think this integration path will continue to evolve and integrate, integrate more and more um, tools. Also, there are organizations that are not sure in spending time and money to build a center of excellence 
or automation center because they think that the automation journey will eventually end and then what shall they do with the COE resources? Um, I would like to, to answer to, to that question because uh, I think this is uh, not a problem because you will end up with a team who clearly understands business and some technical domains during all the projects that uh, they are starting and finishing. Um, and they are collaborating uh, from close with IT and business teams. So imagine, imagine, imagine that you have a developer who understands uh, the customer services process, um, the, the accounting process, um you you have uh, and this is not common it's very rare you have people that are understanding process and the technical part and you are building this team and you are growing so in the future you will easily adopt new digital initiatives in this dynamic market uh, this team can also be the foundation of new digital and automation initiatives such as AI, uh, IDP, uh, and many others that we were uh, discussing uh, today. Uh, and it is not possible to build a team for every new tool that uh, appears in the market. So um, this team is for now and for the future. And I think we will see more and more automation teams with executive sponsorship and more autonomy. But like any other business uh, improvement initiative and transformation, these type of programs need fast and a sustainable ROI to keep growing until it is incorporated in the organization DNA. I think this is the dream of everyone, not to have a centralized team delivering solutions, but having business teams with autonomy in building and supporting and maintaining their own solutions. So this is our dream at Wharton and we are starting our journey to, to achieve it. Amazing. Uh, and, and, and you touched, you touched uh, uh, very briefly, but, but, but uh, it's, it's very important for our audience to know that the toolkit of intelligent automation is going far beyond RPA by itself, uh, which also raises a lot of challenges because uh, projects uh, are becoming more complex. Uh, there's a lot of technologies available to plug and play with, with RPA. Um, and that must be also a challenge when, when we are thinking about uh, the, 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 uh, the automation centers and also uh, the citizen development programs, how to make people use this in an efficient way. Uh, so uh, amazing, amazing uh, insights, Ricardo. Hosting this episode was really a pleasure to me. Uh, I think uh, you brought a lot of, of insights to our audience. So thank, thanks uh, again for, for taking the time on such a busy schedule that you must have for, for being on, on our show. Thank you very much, Ricardo. Thank you, John. Before we close, uh, and, and if you are looking for intelligent document processing or aiming to parse through a wide range of unstructured data, content, content like photos, documents, emails, and uh, if you are somehow tired of these very complex tools very com that, that force you to do very complex processes 
to deploy, to set up, to train models, to define layout by layout parsers, and still end up with low data accuracy. Uh, visit our website, talkdigitals.com, and uh, subscribe uh, to, to a license. Uh, find out how, how you can deploy very fast, 100% accurate IDP platform with an all-inclusive approach, meaning that on a single API, we'll be, you'll be able to send any document, any layout without any setup and, and get 100% accurate data. So we take care of the, the setup, we take care of the data extraction, we take care of the data validation, everything in an all-inclusive API. Uh, if you are hearing this podcast, uh, there, is, there is a prize. So you can uh, put Automation Notes 10 codes and get 10% off uh, on any uh, Doc Digitizer subscription. This is a small price for our audience. So to stay up uh, to, to stay up to date with the latest intelligent automation trends, success stories, and promising projects, make sure you like and subscribe Automation Notes on Doc Digitizer social networks. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and many other podcast uh, platforms. I have been your host, João Fernandes, and this has been Automation Notes. See you next time.